0: I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, "I was there" when your progeny ask you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin
1: business owners roundtable. A lot of Americans and a lot of people across the world don't realize that eighty percent of your food is basically controlled by uh, less than you know, less than ten conglomerates across the globe. And if you you realize that they can turn your dang nutrition and your food supplies off like a light switch, and they can manipulate everything that you do consume from audio, video to food itself, then you're not as sovereign as you think you are.
0: Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Texas Slim, who's the founder of The Beef Initiative, which is a trade group focused on decentralizing our food supply, making it more localized, redundant, and secure, as well as improving the quality of our food through pure animal protein and sound money. So, I've been trying to get Texas Slim on this podcast since before it was officially launched, and we've had difficulty getting our schedules to work. Then about a month ago, we recorded a session only to find out that only part of it was recorded. But just last week, we were able to get together. We recorded this interview, and I'm excited to share it with you. But before we get to our interview with Texas Slim, we do have this week's Bitcoin meetup spotlight, and this week it's Fort Bitcoin. Fort Bitcoin is a monthly event series focused on Bitcoin education, business, and networking for the great city of fort worth they actually had texas slim at their meetup in august and just last week they had an event at tcu where bitcoiners shared their perspectives from different sections of the industry and their thoughts on the future state of bitcoin if you want to keep in touch with what they're doing you can find them on twitter at fort underscore bitcoin and i will also include their meetup link in the show notes below also in the show notes, you can find a list of other local Bitcoin meetups in case you're not in the Fort Worth area. I encourage you to look there and find the closest meetup to you and get involved there. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Texas Slim right after this. Business owners unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with a Bitcoin for business quick start guide. This 27 page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Texas Slim, welcome to
1: the podcast. Hey, good to see you again. I know we had some problems before we tried to do this, and basically we had some internet problems, which happens a lot these days. Especially with me. I'm traveling around a lot. So it's good to be back. Uh, good to see you. Hope you had a good weekend. Thank you so much. Well, you have been busy. You're showing up on every single show. You just got on
0: the Pomp Podcast. People on Twitter who are listening to this will have probably seen clips from that, but you're definitely staying busy. So before we get started talking about the Beef Initiative, I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. So, you ready for these? You bet. Go for it first question is, when and how did you first learn about
1: Bitcoin? (laughs) I don't know. A long time ago, and I didn't pay attention, right? (laughs) You know, I've been in tech ever since I was like 20 years old around that time. Um, That's kind of when I started really diving into trying to learn what technology was back in the day. I'm a generational X. So, um, you know, I was a networker, I was a research analyst, and I saw Bitcoin probably back in 2012, you know, and then I saw it again big time in 2017. But the problem I had, I was working, I was doing some consulting, I was out in rural America, and I didn't really have the tech stack to be able to understand it that much as, as far as pursuing it, to acquire it into the on ramps that, you know, it's a pain point for a lot of people. But then again, um, you know, a little bit about my history is, is <laughs> I, I'm from West Texas. I'm kind of a rough and tumble guy. I've had a lot of broken bones, but I got laid up and I was I was looking for about six weeks. At least I was on my back and I started looking at food intelligence. And right when I started looking at food intelligence, uh, you know, kind of from where I came from agriculture and ranching, I found Bitcoin and together I started looking at Bitcoin in a deeper level. I went down the rabbit hole per se. And so that was probably two thousand. The rabbit hole started in two thousand nineteen. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish that everyone understood? Decentralization. It's the it's the biggest pain point in everybody's life and nobody understands how to visualize that or how to break it down and and separate a lot of their actions and their intentionalities and a lot of their consumption models uh to do decrease the centralization control the centralized control and one thing that bitcoin is it's decentralized it's spread out it's it's a it's a hive it's a spider web you know it's water coming down a mountain to where you can't stop it and if you can understand decentralization when it comes to technology you understand that you know the gatekeepers uh that's what that's what people are scared about as far as well, hey we can't control this thing how do we shut this off we don't know how to shut this off because you know the censorship that we have so i always look at bitcoin is is a, it's a decentralized mindset that you need to acquire first once you grasp that then you're able to kind of look at more of the the protocol itself the network itself And you you understand uh, how it's operating, how, you know, how being decentralized, how it validates and how, you know, verifies itself. And, you know, tick tock next block. Yep.
0: What's the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people?
1: Right now, I mean, I'm going to say the freaking beef initiative because, (laughs) you know, what it is, it's proof of work. It's like we're saving ranchers right now. We're actually giving them a store of value that they've never had. Well, they did have it, but it used to be in land and cattle. And now it's a peer to peer transactional system that's decentralized. That's proof of work right there that shows you that this is actually improving people's lives. You can go and you can use it now. We have a technology stack, but if you need to do something before that, let's say, let's do the common answer. And you know, you're going to do the Bitcoin standard. You're going to do the fiat standard. There's, a, there's, there's. Pilethra of information out there, and I wouldn't go to t- uh, YouTube to find this. I would go to Bitcoin Twitter to find the the best resources because the intelligence layer within you know Twitter for Bitcoin, you're going to find you know if you understand that it's you know crypto and shit coins and all that, if you can just focus on one thing, there's only one Bitcoin, you're going to find the type of education that you need that's going to help you out.
0: Beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource or an idea that's been valuable? Able to you or your business recently?
1: The most valuable thing I've been able to do is uh, the relationship building. We don't do that anymore. And I'm not talking about digital relationships. I'm talking about in-person, peer-to-peer, shaking hand relationships. The people I've met the last two years in the Bitcoin space and, and the ranching space collectively is the most valuable resource in anybody's life right now because it's basically to the source of your nutrition and the attack on food itself, the attack on animal protein itself, the attack on money, everything that is going on in this world. If you can establish these type of in-person relationships through Bitcoin meetups or me going out to ranchers, that is the most valuable aspect of my life and it will be moving forward as well.
0: Final question, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question is this, as a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? (laughs)
1: Uh, that's a good one right uh why not why the hell not you know people live in fear anymore most most our society is engineered to uh, make decisions based on fear not empowerment so when somebody tells me i can't i'll say why the hell not and then you move forward with that you know you don't have to ask why you don't have to explain your why your your why explains itself after you've said why not i'm going to go ahead and do this
0: But here's what truly sets them apart. Velas Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Velas Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future proof your business in the coming age of hyper Bitcoinization, head over to velascommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Velis Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the bitcoin era. Well, to that point, Texas Slim, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about the beef initiative. Once again, you know, some people who listen to this podcast are on Twitter, they will have seen All of the the media you have going on, they will have seen your many appearances. They're somewhat familiar with the Beef Initiative. But uh, surprisingly to Bitcoin Twitter, there are a lot of people out there who still don't know about a lot of things, including what you guys are doing. So for my audience who's not on Twitter yet, could you share a little bit about what the Beef Initiative is and what your,
1: your vision is for the work you're doing right now? On video, you can see behind me, there's a sign, you know, it says Bitcoin, it says food, it says freedom, it says supply. You know, it says beef, it says Cargill, JBS, it says uh, intelligence. There's a lot of things that the beef initiative is. One thing it is right now, the most important thing it is, is relationship building. And relationship building that is required in that type of relationship building is going off the Bitcoin ethos. It's open sourced, it's crowdsourced, it's crowdfunded. What we're doing is we're decentralizing a food supply system that has been captured. And, you know, Beef Initiative started with me. Going out there, you know, like I said, for three years, I've been on the road. I've done things like worked in freaking, um, you know, community-led food programs. I was a research analyst in big tech. I used to work in telecommunications. I I basically disseminated the macro global food system, the global industrial food system. We call it the complex But by beginning with that type of food intelligence that I always say, hey, you know, we got to get to the source of the seed of the problems before we can get to the source of the seed of the solutions. And if you look at America's health, how we're failing, how we a lot of Americans and a lot of people across the world don't realize that 80 percent of your food is basically controlled by uh, less than, you know, less than 10 conglomerates across the globe. And if you, if you realize that they can turn your dang nutrition and your food supplies off like a light switch and they can manipulate everything that you do consume from audio, video to food itself, then you're not as sovereign as you think you are. So the beef initiative is a stance on sovereignty. It's a stance on basically getting us back to community building, localizing our food system in which they were uh, before 1971. Basically, we were, you know, we've, we fed our communities first and then we tried to go feed the world. And, you know, there's so much that has happened in the last 50 odd years that people really think that this is how it's always been. It's not. It's a small blip of time. And so, once again, the Beef Initiative is a study on history and heritage it's study on past successes, and it's a study on today's failures. And, and by doing that, we're we're creating a mindset that's basically a new lifestyle that people are yearning for. To where you can you can circumvent around all this censorship of true intelligence when it comes to food and your nutrition. You know, one thing that it is, it's basically it's an initiative to save children's lives again, because our children in the United States are already going down a roadmap of metabolical failure. Most of the United States, we are in metabolical failure. We disproved that last two years. We are not a healthy nation, and that's because of our consumption model of video, audio. And food, it can't be contested anymore, and people th- think that you know there's not a major epidemic going on with our health. And then they're 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 in denial, or you know they they they're just not informed. So it's it's a lot of things.
0: In the last couple, last three years, last four years, people have recognized that there's something wrong with our health if they haven't already acknowledged it in the past. Right. Now, some people are willing to do something. Some people have done something about that in the last couple of years. Some people, uh, we've realized that they just don't care enough they may see the problem but they don't care to do anything about sure. it what is the solution you talk about food intelligence what does food intelligence look like moving forward how do we become healthier more wise about our food choices and our food consumption models
1: well you know you, you get all these diet programs and there are these fiat diet programs that are on a hamster wheel of a, a 12-month cycle right january 1st everybody's going to go on a diet Honestly, what people need to understand, and it's so simple, it's complicated, is that you need to start living your life with the number one focus of your consumption being pure animal protein. That's how we got here. It's throughout thousands of years. This is what we've done is we ate animal protein. The United States basically became powerful because we had access to animal protein. The state of Texas once fed a nation because we fed a nation with animal protein. And throughout these decades and throughout these generations, we've lost touch with what food truly is. And until you understand how the FDA works, the USDA works, how labeling laws have been manipulated, how our food has been uh, commoditized and subsidized to where it's a cheap, nothing more than a basically sludge, as a lot of people like to say, you know, you're going to be spinning your wheels trying to find the right program to you. The best thing you can do in your life right now is have a relationship with somebody that knows about food a rancher or an animal producer because you can have that relationship and you you know exactly where you don't need to digitize a cow to think that it's safe what you need to do is have an established relationship market access to pure animal protein and if you cut out all that noise and all that friction around food and just go straight to the source then your life is going to change and your consumption model is going to change. Your outlooks are going to change and you're going to start becoming much healthier in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Like I say, you can't be contested, man. It's, it's how I was raised. I was raised with a freezer full of beef at all times. And I'm a pretty healthy guy. Like I said, I'm generational X. I don't look at, you know, diet programs. I don't, I work, I work hard. I'm far and tough and I eat beef. So, you know, that's it. Keep it simple. People are over analyzing this stuff where we get in analysis paralysis. And if you want change, just take that first step. And, you know, like go shake a rancher's hand is our honor now. So, you know, that's been pretty effective.
0: Now, one thing you've just been mentioning is how healthy pure animal protein is for us, how good it is for us. The more and more I look into it, the more I feel like that's going to be like, not only what's good for us, but what's good for our world. Now, a lot of people think about cows and uh, the methane that they produce. But the truth is, Cows are amazing for our soil. And you got to think when we had the bison back in the day, just roaming across the United States, how much healthier our soil must have been. Could you talk a little bit about that side of things as well as what you're looking to do at this upcoming conference in Georgia in mid-September?
1: Well, I don't even go into that methane <laughs> argument. That's a fabricated uh, fear that they've done. Methane, farts, cows, whatever, burps. I, I don't even validate that crap because once you validate a lie, you become part of the lie. But as far as you know, knowing where where vitamins and minerals comes from basically true vitamin They don't come from a pill. They don't come from a powder. They come from the soil. And that's once again, that's a lot of food intelligence that a lot of people don't understand these days. And you look at cows and you look at factory farming and you know, that's where they, they attack the livestock industry is like, Oh, too much wastewater, too much methane, too much, this too much, that, you know, it's bad for, you know, it's, it's animal abuse, everything that they come up with, you know, people basically latch onto because they're not truly aware of how food is produced. Food is produced from the soil. And you brought up the bison, you know, that used to roam the United States where I come from in Texas. You know, that's basically our heritage was the bison. And for thousands of years, we had millions upon millions of bison that grew soil. And what they did is they naturally rotation will graze the grasses of the Midwest by doing that. Whenever you graze the grasses of that, that lie on top of the soil, then basically what you do is you generate more soil, you protect the soil and by protecting the soil, your vitamins and minerals become even stronger. And so, you know, the, the great plains and, you know, the panhandle of Texas used to be an oasis and we've we've destroyed it with monocropping you know you had the dust bowl that was caused by overplowing those grasslands and you know all of these are rabbit holes you can go down into but what people really need to understand that the cow and in the bison and the animals in general are land tools to basically save our soil not only do they save our soil but they actually uh, they they're the best delivery system of those vitamins and minerals that are hidden down deep in the soil, because they're getting it. They're basically digesting it. They're they're basically becoming powerful whenever you do regenerative grazing and so therefore we eat the cows so we are you know in a lot of ways we're using the land tools to grow the soil we're using the land tools to grow us to where we can be powerful and healthy you look at the history of mankind they always had a uh, somewhat of a a high regard to the bull to the cow and if you if you know study if you look at cultures they did that for a reason because it's a sense of empowerment and you know there's been a huge attack my whole life really especially in texas from opal winfrey to now it's you know carbon hazard the cow the methane all of that stuff is designed basically to make you confused and not understand where you truly come from and where true nutrition really comes from you know, the way I grew up agriculture and ranching, there was no health problems. We eat animal fat. We eat a lot of it, and nobody's having heart attacks. And so, how they've basically hijacked our understanding and our true food intelligence and our education is daunting if you look at a lot of the education that is given today in the united states of america and across the world a lot of the the funding you know follow the money let's see who funds all this great education usually it's a chemical company or a grain company that has a control a global control apparatus around our food supplies i mean does everybody remember the 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 food pyramid you know that's been a disaster you know loaded with highly processed carbohydrates and, you know, that's what people are addicted to this day is highly processed carbohydrates, being it sugar or being it bread, being it pot, anything you consume these days. is If it's a highly processed carbohydrate, you're, you're consuming sugar.
0: One of the things that uh, we have talked about in the past, you know, especially before this interview and even in our previous conversation, is this upcoming event you have in Georgia. So could you talk a little bit about that, maybe who it's for and what people can expect if they're showing up? Sure. Uh, I think it's September 16th or the 18th. Are those the correct dates?
1: You bet. Yeah, it's in Bluffton, Georgia. It's about three hours south of Atlanta. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's rural America. It's a it's a white oak pastures. Will Harris. OK, he's a multi generational uh, farmer rancher from Georgia. And his his family ranch used to be a regenerative model, you know, because that's all everything was in the United States. Believe it or not, the only thing that we raised our our land and our produce was in a regenerative way. You know, this chemical apparatus with fertilizers and herbicides and pesticides and genetically modified seeds and all that has been a very short period of time. Well, his father basically was what we call a commodity cowboy. He relied on all these commodities to raise his land and his animals. Well, Will Harris said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to the way my grandfather did it. And so for the last 25 years, he turned white oak pastures into a model of regenerative farming and ranching in the United States of America. He's showing everybody how you can do this without chemicals and genetically modified seeds, without antibiotics, without steroids, without all of the inputs that a lot of uh, our farmers and ranchers now have to use because they're under contract. So Will Harris is a perfect example of how you can actually – grow soil again, how you can steward the animal and the lands and have success. He was the first person to ever sell grass-fed beef to Whole Foods Market in the United States. So he created a market access to his product through Whole Foods. And now he basically has his own processing centers where he processes his own food and he supplies his own food to his customers. So he has cut out all the middlemen that basically have controlled and now have a very, very tight grip on our, our food supply systems. And so I wanted to reach out to him and I reached out to him last November and I said, Hey, I don't, I want to have a conference, a summit out in white oak pastures. And he asked me, well, why are you doing this? And like I said before, well, we got to start saving children's lives because they're, they're basically being, they're being basically robbed from their childhoods are being robbed from right now. And nobody wants to admit it. And he said, yeah, come on out. So we're going to have a three day conference. It starts on Friday afternoon and goes all the way till Sunday afternoon. We're going to feed everybody from uh, from white oak pastures. You know all the vegetables, all all of the animal proteins from fowl to hog to lamb to beef. Everything from that farm and ranch we're going to consume, and then we're going to have workshops. We're going to have farm and ranch tours. We're going to have you know Bitcoin education. We're going to have homesteading. We're going to have uh, a heritage woman panel that we've been building out about homeschooling, unschooling, home birthing. We're bringing in people that that are functional medical doctors that'll have um you know panels and discuss about our our medical you know where are we going as a nation within within our medical you know what are these doctors doing now so they can get in and then they can decentralize their their practices because you know they they see the corruption in which what just happened. So basically these these summits that I'm putting off, this will be the third one they're smaller in size but they're very broad in scale and everybody that leaves these summits basically they have a call to action and they're basically they're they're developing a new lifestyle for themselves the individual and for their families they're understanding that there are solutions out there we don't have to play in that game anymore and everybody doesn't know that there is easier ways to go about your life and they're already here we have proof of work there are people doing it they just don't have access to the intelligence and that's what we're trying to do so we're trying to educate and we're trying to give a call to action to where people can actually say hey this just wasn't a powerpoint presentation in a in a hotel conference room you know that we see in these conferences we're going to have bitcoin workshops we onboarded over 53 uh consumers and ranchers at the last conference within 14 minutes matt odell got up there and we were basically downloading a wallet and we were tipping the rancher jason rick of rick ranches in colorado within 15 14 minutes we'd already raised a thousand dollars for him peer-to-peer transactional systems downloading a wallet getting him and it was on screen it was live so everything that we do is a workshop we're not sitting there bumping our gums man we're showing proof of work if you're serious about this type of lifestyle if you're serious about being a bitcoiner and you're serious about really adoption, this is how you do it. You don't sit up there and just say, well, this is a great idea we're working on. We've got it. We've got the technology stack. We have proof of work. We've sold over probably by this time today, I'm speaking probably over $200,000 worth of beef through the beef initiative. Offering fiat and Bitcoin, and we've had people stepping up. I think half of our sales are half Bitcoin and half of them are fiat, and it's getting more and more to where more Bitcoiners are coming in and they're buying their beef with Bitcoin.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned the tech stack because that was going to be my next question. Could you talk a little bit about the decentralization that you're helping ranchers create in their businesses through the tech stack that you're using at the Beef Initiative?
1: Well, you look at most, you know, if anybody, you know, right now is in retail, especially like farmers' market or, you know, ranchers that go to these farmers markets, they use Square, right? They have to do a credit card system. Nobody's using cash. So you look at that. The first entry point of understanding for a rancher is like, hey, how much do you spend on your credit card feeds? Well, they're usually going to be 2.7 to 3.2%, something like that. It's like, well, we have uh, Bitcoin, of course, but we have a technology stack where you know, you don't have to pay those credit card feeds anymore. You know, we're in partnership with uh, OSHI and IBEX right now, and that's part of our technology stack. So these ranchers are finding out is like, okay, I might not want Bitcoin as far as using the whole value of Bitcoin and keeping it for every one of my transactions. But at least I can save, and I don't have to pay the credit card company's transactional fees. So let's say I go and buy a quarter of cow from Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle, which he's our number one supplier right now in the beef initiative. You know. He gets to decide how much he wants to keep in Bitcoin and how much he wants to put over in fiat. If it's the credit card fee, let's say it's 2.7%. Well, he never paid that. So he gets to put it in Bitcoin and maybe that's okay with him. Or maybe, you know, he did a $500 sell and he wants to put 50 bucks in Bitcoin and the rest in fiat to continue to grow his business. Well, he's growing his Bitcoin stack as he's trading in beef and the and the consumer is saying, hey. I want to decentralize the monetary system, so Bitcoiners are actually leading to adoption because they're transacting in Bitcoin. And if you're going to trade, you know, I huddle, I huddle. That's all I do, really, except for beef. I will buy beef with Bitcoin because I know that is value for value exchange. That's actually helping the adoption cycle of bitcoin and it's empowering the ranchers to where he can have a store of value that they've been robbed from so that's kind of the entry point and a lot of people respond in that way it's like oh i i see what you're talking about and with our technology stack you can make those uh you know you can if somebody paid coal 100 uh 100 in bitcoin Within one click of a button, he can convert whatever he wants over to fiat. And so he's not being charged. He's not paying ta- He's not paying taxes, nothing. He's basically, he's using Bitcoin as a tool to help him be a better rancher. He has a new pillar of strength there. So
0: final question here before we wrap up and get to some final thoughts from you. The question is connected to the decentralization. In the future, people think that Bitcoiners in general will run a miner at their home and and essentially add to the decentralization of the bitcoin network. I'm curious your thoughts on as people begin to look more and more locally for their food, purchasing beef from local ranchers. Do you think that there's a is it realistic to have a decentralization of beef or is there a little bit more uh, finesse when it comes to ranching where you'll still have local ranchers? Like is it is it realistic for more people to begin raising one or two cows on their smaller plots of land. Thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all possible. I mean, I think what we we run into a lot of uh, mental handcuffs, this is what I call them. Everybody's like trying to solve all the world problems, man. We're not solving world problems here. We're solving individual and community problems. That's how you save the world problems. And you do it one step at a time, one block at a time. And so – Whenever you look about decentralization, you know, that's up to the individual. That really is. You know, one reason we're in the mess that we're in, especially when it comes to food, is, is because of our consumer demand, is that we're still accepting what they're feeding us. You think they're going to stop feeding us what has gotten us here? I mean, the billions of dollars of profit that they make off of basically nutritionally weak food, you think they're going to stop? No. How does it stop? Well, it stops with the individual. The individual says, I'm going to put my foot down and I'm not going to eat this crap anymore because it's killing me slowly and once you do that then you look at your life you look at your lifestyle and you're damn right i mean why not have you know there's a big thing in bitcoin as far as you know totally decentralizing everything well it takes a lot of micro steps first you have to have a lot of victories you have to have a lot of uh you know basically that's what innovation is it just doesn't happen overnight you have to have these small victories. Let's say, okay, let's say I've got 40 acres, and I want to I wanna rotationally graze on a very, a very prominent grassland. You know, I'm going to have five to ten cattle that I can actually rotationally graze. I can grow soil, and guess what? here in the state of texas i'm going to know a processor here within this next decade because that's what we're doing right now we're we're launching on sunday our new platform it's the beef initiative association council and so we're building micro processing centers across texas and we're starting to bring in candidates we have a list already that's stacked up people are ready so you look at me here i've got 40 acres let's say i got 10 cows I can basically become my own food supply system and it's decentralized because we the, the processing centers that we consult on, we're not reliant on the big four processors. We don't have to play those games. What we can do is we can build our own facilities. We can create our own market access and we don't have – we can. We can decentralize our food systems and like I say – People don't realize people are yearning for this. It's already happening. I mean, we're, you know, after that pump, you know, recording, you want to talk about cells just going through the roof. They did because of awareness. And so this week we're going to be busy filling orders. But that's a beautiful thing. I think really what we're at this, we're at an inflection point of people seeing some proof of work and kind of trying it out. And then they can go, oh, okay, maybe now I can look at that acreage. I can look into regenerative. I can raise a dairy cow. I can raise a small herd. And now I know how to do it because now I understand that the pain points have always been the processing centers. That's one thing that people can't understand is our food supply is hijacked because of the processing centers.
0: Well, I'd love to hear your final thoughts as we're wrapping up today. Places where people can go to find out about the beef initiative, maybe even purchase some beef. We'll go ahead and assume that any sales over the next week can be attributed to both POMP and the Business Bitcoinization (laughs) Show. It's hard to figure out which is which exactly. (laughs) But yeah, if you would just uh, any final thoughts, things we haven't covered yet and places people can go to purchase some uh, decentralized beef and sure. find out more about the beef initiative.
1: Well, there's there's so much to learn whenever you kind of step into this, you know, new lifestyle and you know, it's a value for value exchange. It, it is a new international lifestyle. That's what I tell everybody. But the best place to go really is to go to the com. It's com. That's it. And of course, you know, I have my Substack. It's com. And then my Twitter handle, of course, is up there. It's Modern Team Man. We have Beef Initiative as well. We have uh, TX Slim Media now. We're doing an audio docu-series. I have my podcast. It's Texas Slim's Vision. So we're trying to get as much content out there for education that we can. You know, this is what it's about. Right now, the next year especially, the next 18 months is going to be strict on education, 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 then proof of work, proof of work, proof of work. And we take those steps i think if everybody kind of jumps in now it's a good time to basically go buy your beef you know you go to their, it's beef boxes you'll see it on the platform we actually just launched this past week a subscription model so you can secure your beef now for a full year and uh, you, you're going to get it delivered every month and so we're offering that people are signing up for that we haven't even advertised well i don't advertise this is all word of mouth this is grassroots just like Bitcoin, you know, we're not a marketing plan. We're not a centralized media thing. We're, we're definitely, you know, word of mouth. We started in Bitcoin Twitter for a reason, <laughs> and uh, it's been very effective. And the Bitcoin, you know, the plebs, everybody have been fantastic. So I always like to thank everybody for getting us to where we are and just know that, I mean, we're growing. We're going to evolve. And I'm going to be in Australia in January. So this is turning global. And I'm working with people over there as far as creating that market access, that virtual integration back into our food
0: perfect well texas slim thank you so much for your time today your persistence in making this episode happen it's been a pleasure
1: hey thanks man i appreciate the patience and uh here we go and uh we'll see if we can compete with those numbers with pomp
0: well friends it's a wrap thanks so much for listening to this episode of the business bitcoinization show if you want to reach out to either me or texas slim you can find our links down in the show notes and if you know of a rancher who could benefit from hearing about what's happening with the beef initiative please share it with them or at least buy beef as always keep building keep growing and until next time keep living and leading well lightning wallet. And one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app, you can earn Sats just by listening on fountain. Check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today.